So over the last few weeks, just to remind us, we've been looking at how we worship. That's been the title of the series, right? Uh, so we've looked at how we worship through song. Uh, we've looked at how we worship through serving. And we've looked at how we worship through sacrifice, through being living sacrifices. We've looked at how we worship as we kind of practice Sabbath and how every day should be Sabbath. Uh, and we looked at last week how we practice worship through um, the sacrament, the Lord's Supper. And so this morning, uh, I'm wrapping up the series on worship. And I think, reflecting back on what we've been listening to Paul speak about and Becca speak about uh, these last weeks, is that my takeaway has been at the heart of each message, the series has been calling us into a deeper reality. The reality that the only way we can turn from an inward worship of self to an outward worship, a true and good worship, of, to the one who belongs all glory, is through the work of the Spirit in us. The work of the Spirit, who is real, who is powerful, who lives in us, and who intercedes for and transforms us. So I think it's really fitting, actually, that this is our conclusion this week. Uh, and the title I was given was Spirit. And it falls on Sunday, this Sunday, which is Pentecost Sunday. And Pentecost is when we remember the Holy Spirit falling on a small number of followers of Jesus. We remember tongues of fire resting on them. That same fire, which was the visible representation of the Spirit and glory of God, that filled the tabernacle when it was finished, according to the instructions given to Moses. That same fire that would later fill the temple in Jerusalem when it was completed uh, during the reign of Solomon. We, the people of God, are now the living temple of the Holy Spirit. And that same Spirit that descended like fire and like a dove on Jesus when he was baptized in the River Jordan, that same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, that same Spirit that filled the tabernacle and the temple, that same Holy Spirit now lives in me, lives in us. And if that doesn't blow your mind, I would just encourage you to sit in that reality this morning and ask for a fresh sense of wonder. So you've noticed we're doing things a bit differently this morning. And the reason is very simple. I do not have a long message this morning. I, I'm just coming up here to tell you that all we're doing this morning is creating a space to linger, a space to wait upon the Holy Spirit. Uh, a space where we're just going to cry out, um, you know, come Holy Spirit. Uh, we can't for force the Spirit of God to move. All we can do uh, is give space this morning to be an intentional space of worship to the one who deserves it all. It's about creating space to respond to the invitation of Jesus who first called us. We can't force the Spirit of God to move, but we can be intentional in creating a space to get right with God and to remind ourselves of the sheer power and magnitude of his glory, of his holy fire falling on his chosen dwelling places throughout history. Remind ourselves that that is our story. And give glory to God. We are part of a greater story. We are not our own. We have been bought with a price. The price that was Jesus' blood on the cross. And because of his blood, we are now the living temple of God. I am filled with the Holy Spirit, the same one that resurrected Jesus, the risen Son, and I am his. The Holy Spirit is resurrection power. And that same Spirit is in us and with us and wants us to know and become aware of him with increasing intimacy this morning and always. That same Spirit wants to help us so we can turn our whole orientation upside down and inside out. Wants us to open ourselves up to the love of our Creator and to operate out of power from that Spirit-filled place.
So words alone aren't really adequate this morning. I think because the kingdom of God is not a matter of words, but of power, not my power, but the power of the same spirit that was in Jesus when he stood up and declared these words from his Isaiah. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom to captives and release from darkness the prisoners. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance for our God. To comfort all who mourn and provide for all those who grieve in Zion. To bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. The oil of joy instead of mourning. A garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. Those lines are pretty famous from Isaiah 961. But here's the end of the passage. This prophet is so overwhelmed with the joy of the Lord. So filled with delight at the one who will come in and usher in this jubilee year. So compelled to rejoice at the one who will bring a double portion instead of shame. Who will bring inheritance instead of disgrace. That the only possible response is worship. The prophet writes, I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in God. For he has clothed me in garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom adorns his head like a priest and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as soil makes the sprout come up, and a garden causes the seed to grow, so the sovereign Lord will make righteousness, and praise springs up before all the nations. So, in in just a minute, I'm going to call the worship team up, and they're going to come and lead us in worship. Lead us into the presence of God. Lead us in raising our voices and crying out, Come Holy Spirit. Do a new thing. Send out streams in the desert. Make a road in the wilderness. And I'm, I'm really not, literally done talking. Uh, please hear me. And I say this in love. You can be done too this morning. Because this morning is about hunger and holiness. And if that's not you this morning, please don't feel any condemnation. You're, that's not what Jesus is about. Jesus loves you. He always has. He always will. But you are free to go. Remember the story of Gideon, where the people were allowed to voluntarily leave the army? Or remember the book of Deuteronomy, when Moses gives the people of Israelites a long list of reasons when the soldiers could leave the Israelite army? Have you just planted a vineyard? You can go home. Have you just built a house? Go home. Have you gotten engaged? Go home. Are you scared? Go home. The reasons to go home aren't so much about condemnation, but I want us to encourage us to stop and think about where our hearts are this morning. I think our modern list would be different. I don't know how many of you have built a vineyard lately, but are you in your emails? Are you making a mental shopping list about what you're going to have for dinner later? Is your body here, but your heart not in it? If we fast forward from Moses and Gideon to the New Testament, we have the story of Jesus preaching the Sermon on the Mount, the radical upside-down kingdom of God. And this upside-down teaching not only affirms what was said in the law, but adds a radical extension to what came before, offers the people, offers us, a transformative way of going about this radical new way of living and being. Jesus says, if you come to worship to offer your gift on the altar, and you're reminded that someone has something against you, then leave your sacrifice behind at the altar. Go and be reconciled. Go and make peace, then offer your gift, then bring your worship. And making peace is exactly what God does for us in Christ Jesus. God has every reason to be angry with us. As times we turn our hearts away and worship and honor things that aren't him. And yet the good news is he does not stay distant to us. 
God comes to us in Jesus and makes his peace with us. That's what the reign of God is about. That's what grace means, what God does for us in Jesus. So we participate in the kingdom of God. We participate in the reign of God. We participate in the year of the Lord's favor that the prophet Isaiah wrote about. We participate when we surrender ourselves to the Holy Spirit. Allow him to do his transformative work in our life. Allow him to make us more like the one who calls us. Allow him to set us apart for his use. Allow him to so overwhelm us with his love. Allow ourselves to be flooded with his passion until we answer the knocking on the door of our heart, until we open up and let the king of glory in. Until we respond to his calling back to first love. Until we turn our hearts to God with everything we have. The last prophet in the Old Testament is Malachi, and he spoke to the people of Israel after the temple had been rebuilt after the return of a remnant from exile. Years had passed, and worship of the people had become corrupt, and so Malachi was sent to challenge the people to honor God properly in their worship. Malachi 3.10 says this, Bring all your tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do so, says the Lord of Heaven's armies, I will open the window of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to put it in. Try me. Put me to the test. We've been thinking about trying a lot as a church. That's all we can do. All we can do is step out in obedience. We don't control the outcome. So I want to release us from performance this morning. Release us from striving in our own power. This morning is about hunger. This morning is about holiness. This morning is about bringing all that we are to worship, about calling out to the Holy Spirit when we need his resurrection power in his, our own lives to animate these dry bones and to raise up to him in praise. So as the worship team are leading, I'm going to go around this morning and pray for you all individually. And right now, I just want to pray for us all together before I invite the worship band up. I want to pray that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you are able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. Amen.